0: Well, today is Vision Sunday. It's something that we've been doing every year, the last couple of years, where we take some time to do two things. We want to look back on what God has done in 2023 and celebrate. And we want to look forward to what God is planning to do in this new year and anticipate We want to start revving our engines and getting excited for what God is doing. And so we're going to look back and we're going to celebrate all that Jesus has done in this past year, taking some intentional time to address the very practical aspect of our church family's finances. And so I know we don't like talking about money. We don't like talking about details. We don't like talking about that stuff. But listen, it's been impressed on me so much this week that As a church, we are not a Sunday event. We are a family. And if the book of Numbers can be canonized as scripture, we can talk about numbers in church. Amen? Okay, thank you. Uh, So we're going to take a look back and we're going to look at the finances of the church, but we're also going to look forward and, and highlight a specific value from scripture that we've had as a church for as long as we've been in existence The Reality Carpentry is an every member ministry. And so I'm going to be preaching from Romans chapter 12. I'm not going to jump immediately into the text after we read it and pray it uh, and pray through it. But we we will come back around and talk about what it means for this upcoming season in the church. So if you have a Bible, please open uh, to the book of Romans chapter 12. I'm going to be reading specifically verses 1 through 8. And then we will pray together. Romans 12, 1 through eight says, I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. with cheerfulness. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the encouragement. Lord, that even just that phrase that we are the body of Christ. For those of us who've been following Jesus for a while, Lord, we can hear that phrase and and take it for granted. But God, we belong to you. We are yours. You are God, God. You are savior, you are Lord, you are master. And so God, we give this time to you. We give our lives to you, Lord. God, prevent us in this time from from thinking that we can just add you to our lives, Lord, when our entire life has been consumed into your kingdom, your purpose, your glory, into your own person, Lord. We have become partakers of the divine nature, scripture says. And so God, would you have your way among us today? Not just to discuss details, not just to learn information, Lord, but would we be transformed by the renewing of our minds today? To think about you differently, to think about the church differently, to think about our gifts, our time, our talents, our treasures differently, Lord. And would you give us courage and power to obey you? Again, as Lord, you are master, you call the shots. And so God, lead us and empower us today for your purposes, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, church, what a year it has been. 2023 can be, in my mind, summarized by one Sunday, August 20th, 2023, when as a church, we moved out of our original building during a hurricane and an earthquake. Y'all remember that? Those of you who were there, the the, the dozens of people that were helping, they remember Hurricane Hillary bearing down on Carpinteria and all of her fury. And then an earthquake in Ohio, And all we could do is laugh. Just those of us who were there were like, what in the world is happening? The reason that Sunday epitomizes 2023 for me is because 2023 has felt like a series of transitions and storms and the ground shaking beneath our feet. Uncertainty, civic permitting processes, for those of you who remember that little phase in our journey. It's been a wild and a wonderful year. But the primary reason that day was so special is because of all of the people who in the midst of a very difficult situation, okay, moving is awful for everyone. (laughs) Moving out of the place that had been our home for 20 years came with grief. It came with sorrow. It came with, with lamenting. And yet the people who were there showing up, serving faithfully, side by side, alongside one another, did so somehow with joy. I remember being a little stressed that day, but I remember there being, sorry, (laughs) but I remember also that day, people just, this is what God is doing. And as members of this church, as members of the body of Christ at Reality Carpinteria, you literally carried this church into a new season. Now, Jesus is always the hero. Okay, Jesus is always the hero of our story. To him be all glory and honor and praise forever and ever, amen. But I celebrate every single day the way we have all been able to see Christ in his people. And that day was such a beautiful picture of the body of Christ loving one another, serving one another, even though it was difficult, even though it was raining, even though the ground was shaking beneath our feet, even though there was aspects of that day that were lamentable, you did so faithfully and you did so with joy. And we have so much to celebrate today because of the way that God has used all of you in his grace and in his abundance to bring us to where we are today. At the beginning of last year, I remember at this time on Vision Sunday, I stood before you all and said that our pastors believed that we had been given a theme for the year. And that theme was summarized by the word presence. And we believed that that presence was, had a spiritual component, that we were seeking the presence of God together. There was a very obvious geographical component as we were seeking a physical location to gather on Sundays. We started the year not even knowing. I remember telling everyone, you know, we, we have to leave our building. We don't know where we're going. And we don't even know if we're going to have the finances to faithfully finish out our lease. We, we sought God. We prayed that he would guide us, that he would provide a presence for us. But it also had a cultural aspect. See, we wanted the, the, the community of Carpinteria, to recognize that the the presence of the church, the body of Christ was a source of blessing and good and truth and the good news of Jesus in Carpinteria. We wanted to see the culture begin to recognize that Jesus is the greatest treasure in Carpinteria, the coastlands and the nations. We wanted the community to recognize the presence of God in our midst. And so to pursue this, we made some strategic decisions this last year. We, uh, we appointed deacons uh, to expand the leadership presence and capacity within the church to lead, to serve, to invest further into our discipleship efforts. We continued our food distribution with Santa Barbara County and we served uh, on average uh, about 60 families every month. Uh, we launched home groups and fostered relationships and discipleship outside of Sundays. And we made financial decisions enabling us to finish out our lease and establish a new presence in this place and supply an office space for ministry to take place throughout the, the week. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But I guess the big question is, did any of that make an impact? <laughs> you better believe it. It absolutely made an impact. I want us to just like briefly highlight some of the fruit. And I realize that it's important that we talk about some of these things because, uh, we were in a prayer meeting this week and I shared something that, uh, that, that we could celebrate together, uh, salvation coming to the lost. And, uh, and, and a, and a, and a gentleman prayed to God, God, thank you so much that you let me hear that I would not have known that this was happening in the church if we, if we weren't sharing. These things. So, I want to share some stuff with you. One, just right off the bat, through a year of adversity, we've grown. We've grown as a church, we've grown as a congregation. Uh, we baptized 27 people in 2023. At any point in time, you can hoot, you can holler, you can celebrate. Again, I said we're here for two things to celebrate and anticipate. So, if you hear something that is worth celebration, I'll stop, I'll wait. 27 people baptized in 2023. I know specifically around 20 individuals who made decisions to follow Jesus for the first time in 2023. Listen, Jesus is the hero of that story. All 20, that that is what God does. Marriages in our church are being healed. 60 families a month receiving fresh groceries. Um, our kids and youth ministries have, have grown. The leadership uh, has grown. Um, our, our kids, are, our kids are pumped to be here. One of the things I love about this place is seeing kids walk in and going, "My church has a park." My this this exists for families. I love seeing our youth hang out in the tent and in the back rows, in the back there, just loving to see each other. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Men and women are experiencing the gift of community in new ways. I only have witness of, of the, the, the home group that, that meets in, in my house, but the fruit of relationships uh, that I see, even just from the outside looking in, are, are things that They don't happen unless we have those specific contexts to create that culture. New leaders are being developed. Listen, did it make an impact? Absolutely. God's grace and his presence and his power among us is evident. God is doing a beautiful thing in his church. Geographically, we successfully finished out our lease and we moved into this place. We received permitting and leases and all of the necessary things. Uh, we were, we were uh, blessed tremendously by Carpentry, community church who were a sanctuary for us for a month while we waited for things to fall into place. God has provided for us week in and week out a place to gather. We have 150 people in home groups, 150 people. Uh, 700 people gathered more than 700 people gathered at the middle school on Easter Sunday, right in the center of town to hear about the resurrection of Jesus and celebrate that he's alive. And through all the changes and challenges, the broader community has developed a curiosity, even coming on Sundays to see this new thing that God is doing. There is a, there's a a, a curiosity where there has maybe previously been a skepticism. There's a, what is going on here and why are these people still persisting in gathering together after losing so much? I remember telling everyone uh, a, a, about a year ago that, um, that our, our, our greatest desire is that Jesus would be celebrated, that he'd be worshiped in Carpinteria as our greatest treasure. And I said, that can happen if God gives us everything we've ever dreamed and it can happen if he takes it all away. It'll happen if God's people continue to worship him despite what comes. I don't know if this year has played out the way you anticipated, but it has played out exactly as God has planned. And his plan is good. And we're in a sweet place right now, church. It's a different place, but God does beautiful things. Even in wilderness seasons, and we have so much to anticipate and to look forward to. But one of the things that has blown my mind the most throughout this last year is the reputation that Jesus has and the reputation that Jesus is giving our church family in this community. I've had conversations with people, um, employees at the city, elected officials, um, employees here at Girls Inc., uh, faculty at the middle school, other organizations and other, other churches in town who see what God is doing, what God is doing as something that is good for Carpinteria. Coming from potentially completely different ideological perspectives on life and God and all of that stuff. And yet they see what God is doing in and through you all as something that is good for our city that reputation cannot be taken for granted that is a beautiful work of god that he has given us favor with the community it's wonderful and it's just one necessary step toward the community recognizing that it's ultimate it's jesus who is good it's not us jesus is the hero of the story always and forever But we would not be where we are today if it weren't for the incredible men and women who faithfully served to support the church with time, with energy, with finances, with their resources, with your gifts. And so to our volunteers, each and every one of you, regardless of where you serve, thank you. God bless you. It was not easy this year. But through adversity, you were faithful. You showed up. You're still showing up. Many of you at 6.45 every Sunday morning to set up and stay in long after people are gone to tear back down. From worship ministry and kids ministry to parking lot, coffee, youth ministry, wherever it is, Bible study leaders, home group hosts. Thank you. Can we Praise God together for the beautiful work He's done in and through His people. Yeah. Equally important in all of these things were those who are faithful to give generously and joyfully to the work of God's kingdom. And so, as we turn the corner into 2024, I want to take a moment to as we do annually, to look back at the finances from last year. Now look, Jesus talked about money more than he talked about heaven and hell combined. And so do all of you. Me too. We think about money. We stress about money. We talk about money. We talk about it constantly. And yet somehow we come into the church and we squirm. When we talk about money, but again, these are important things and we do this one for the sake of transparency as a church family, as those who contribute to the work of the ministry, you have a right to know what is given. And how that is being stewarded. But we also do this for encouragement because generosity is powerful evidence of God's presence and God's provision in the church. Second Corinthians eight, one through two says, And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. They're overflowing joy. And their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Your generosity in 2023, a year of trial, is a testimony to the grace and power of God in the life of our church family. And it's the generosity of the church that allows us to carry out the, the mission, to pursue efforts to, to spread the gospel, to teach and equip, to care for people, to, uh, to, to have a place to gather, to have leaders that God has called to serve the needs of the church. And for helping us to steward those resources, I'm especially thankful to our board of trustees. who who works hard to make sure that our finances are understood and that they are used according to God's plan and purpose, that they are used faithfully. And so here's a snapshot of our church finances over the year. In 2023, the total gifts amounted to $833,000. Two things about this. First off, this isn't just a number. Okay, this is evidence of the abundance of the kingdom resources generously and joyfully entrusted to God for his mission in Carpinteria. In a year of uncertainty, this reflects incredible faith and generosity. And even though for some of you in the back, it's really hard to see because it's very close. But even though giving did decline by 6%, According to the previous year, the decrease is not without cause. Some of the decrease is due to changes in the economy, but also we noticed a a larger than average dip in the months of September and October. The months that we left our previous building, moved in temporarily to Carp Community Church, and then in October moving into this Venue. And so I've had many conversations with pastors and other church leaders who have all said that, uh, who have experience in moving churches from one location to the other. And one of the things that they have always said is that that always happens. When a church moves, giving typically declines, but then it bounces back. And so I remember coming to you in October and mentioning that we were noticing this trend and and calling the church to to course correct. And I'm thankful to say that many of you have responded to that and have corrected that. And November and December have been uh, incredibly generous months. And so thank you for being faithful. Um, this number provides a big picture. Uh, of our finances, but there are additional statistics that help us to further understand the generosity of the church. And so the next slide uh, presents a a slightly different uh, snapshot. We're gonna make all of this available in our newsletter. Uh, So if you subscribe to the newsletter, if you want to subscribe to the newsletter, these details will be there. Um, But over the year, 198 people gave, uh, which is roughly about 56% of our Church, And I just want to acknowledge how remarkable that is that 198 people contributed to the mission in God's church. And those 198 givers gave 1930 gifts, 1930 gifts. And the reason I want to highlight that statistic is because that means that on average, the 198 givers gave 10 times a year on average. And the regular generosity is so important because it helps the church to plan, to strategize, to be able to understand the 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 money that can be expected so that we can make decisions earlier in the year rather than waiting to the end of the year to kind of understand how things are going to happen. And so I want to encourage those of you who give to continue doing so regularly. It's extremely helpful. And so that statistic shows a very helpful thing. Um, Over the year, the average gift size was $431, and the average giving per household was $4,048 over the course of the year. Again, this is reason to rejoice because it's evidence of God's provision and God's grace working through the generosity of the church. And we are always blown away. By God's generous uh, work in and through his people. And so um, with new people coming to Jesus and joining the church, that generosity is a sign of God's activity. And so we're thankful to God. So then the question is: how was all of this used? If you can put the next slide. Uh, We've been investing the funds into God's kingdom, putting it towards staffing and facilities and caring for the present needs while trying to build for the future. Our goal is to use it all for kingdom advancement. Now I know, again, we're going to make these available. Those of you here in the back, you can't make any sense of this. Uh, Maybe those of you in the front can't make any any sense of this. That's fine. I'm going to explain it to you. 49% of our Uh, The tithes and offerings went to uh, facilities. Those are our our buildings, our locations. Now that is uh, significantly higher than we want it to be. And we'll get into that in a second. Uh, 53% has gone to staffing, 27% to the general operations of ministry, resources, supplies, events, things like that. And then 10% given to uh, the, uh, global missions and other, and other support. We support missionaries all over the world who are reaching unreached people groups. And when you give to the church, we take a tithe on the tithe and we give that to the fulfillment of the great commission in the world. And so you participate with that, with every gift you give, it is going to the nations. Now, those of you who can see the numbers can recognize that that is a little bit more than 100%, right? Uh, 39% more than 100% to be exact. This is primarily due, of course, to the cost of rent at our previous location. But it also includes moving expenses and other necessary costs during this transition. And so even though that's not ideal, Okay, even though we had to dig into savings, I also want us to recognize that that too is a sign of God's provision. That God provided wise and faithful leaders who stewarded the church's finances over the course of its 20 years to provide a savings account so that we could weather the storm that we were in and finish 2023 debt-free. That's something to celebrate. We thank God for those who have prepared the way for us and provided those funds so that we could continue. And so God has provided for us in that way. And as we look at 2024, it's because of our move that we are in a very different financial position. By moving out of the original location, And moving into this space and our offices on Eugenia, we have reduced our rent costs by 57% or $25,000 a month. The move alone has positioned us to pursue long-term faithfulness and fruitfulness as a church in Carpinteria. And so the big question that remains is then after moving, are we finally in the black? Okay, are we at least breaking even? And the answer is yes and no. (laughs) Let me explain what I mean by that. If giving stays the same and all we do is pay for our fixed expenses, we will most likely break even but that means cutting into necessary funding for ministry and opportunities and programs that have been developed over the years that we have come to appreciate and and see fruit in. It also limits our ability to do new things in this new year or to begin saving for future needs. And so, Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk more specifically about our responsibilities to steward our finances and the importance of giving generously and and joyfully. But as for today, I want to invite you to pray with our pastors, to pray with our leaders that in 2024, God would increase the giving by at least 10%. If God increases the, the giving by 10% in our church family, we will not only be able to uh, be faithful with our current responsibilities and all of our, the things that, that need to be paid for, but we will also be able to invest more into kids and youth ministry, invest more into equipping efforts and discipleship and home groups and all of these things while also beginning to prepare and, and save for our future as a church and for future goals and, and, and vision. And so as a church, we will always be in a good place if God gives us, as the Proverbs say, neither poverty nor riches. God is our abundance. He provides what we need. He provides our daily bread but to give us neither poverty nor riches keeps us dependent upon him, so that we would pray in, in independence and even desperation at times, and so that we would give him thanks when he meets our needs miraculously. And so please commit to praying with us for this provision. Now, looking at all of this, I'm, I'm continually amazed at what God has done. And this is not only, uh, this, is, this is not a time for us to, to, to celebrate how great we are. No, we want to continue to remember that all of this is for Jesus. We, we thank God for what he has done, that he has sustained us. And he's that pillar of cloud and pillar of fire that we talked about a year ago, that we might not know where we're going, but he does. And so we're following Jesus. And you have faithfully and persistently followed Jesus and we will continue to do so now and as long as uh, the Lord wills. Though he may tarry, we will follow him to the ends of the earth. And so this year, uh, I want us to build on what God has done in this last year. Looking ahead, I said that we would come back to Romans 12 and that we would talk about the body of Christ and and every member ministry. But I want us to recognize that in a way, that's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about the body of Christ, the members of, of God's kingdom Using what God has given them, stewarding their gifts, stewarding their resources to build up the body of Christ. In reading Romans 12 and in in teaching on that now, as I am going to do, I want us to recognize that God's not calling us into anything new. He's calling us deeper into who we already are and what he has already been doing We can celebrate in many ways that what scripture is calling his people into, we have already experienced in relationships with one another. And so this year, we're going into something that that, that is already happening. Look, we're all change fatigued. we're not giving some grand new vision. Reality Carpentry has always wanted to be an every member ministry. That's what we have seen, and that's what we want to be encouraged to continue to step into. And so Romans 12, 5 says, We, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. And so I want to finish our time by telling us what that means. Okay? First, it means that we belong to Jesus. First and foremost, as members of his body, he is the head. We are his body, that we belong to him. And so Romans twelve two says that our responsibility is to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. You belong to Jesus. Okay? We as the church in America, have this beautiful thing that we tell children that that we invite Jesus into our hearts. And and there's a beautiful uh, uh, truth to that. But one of the things as adults that we need to recognize is that doesn't mean that Jesus is a part of my story. That I have my life and now Jesus is this thing that I've been, that I've now added to it. No, our entire lives have been absorbed into the life of Christ, into the body of Christ, into His will, into His kingdom, into His desire. He is not just Savior. He is Lord and Lord means Master. He calls the shots. He's the boss. He's the king. What he says goes. And so we belong to Jesus. We belong to his body. And so we are to give ourselves wholly to Jesus. And so the life that we live as individuals and as a church, we live for Jesus because the life that Jesus lived, he lived for you the life that he gave up for the forgiveness of your sins so that you could belong to God. When previously you were estranged from God because of your sin, Jesus gave his life so that you could be united to him so that you could have intimacy with the father in heaven. We belong to Jesus, but not as, as something that is simply owned. But as someone that has been welcomed into his very identity, into his body, that you are a member of the body of Christ. As, as much as your hand belongs to you, you belong to Jesus. And none of us deserve that. Outside of Christ, none of us can belong to God. None of us can find our home in God. But because of the cross, because Jesus lived his life and gave his life for you, you can belong to him and no longer be owned by sin and Satan and death. You've been called out of that and into life, into freedom and into intimacy with Jesus. And so the life we live, we live for him. Romans 12 says, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. But it also says that we are members one of another. Which means we have a responsibility to one another because we belong to one another. We belong to Jesus and we belong to one another. And so as a member of the body of Christ here at Reality Carpentry, you can have expectations of the body of Christ at Reality Carpentry. You can have expectations of the church and the church can have expectations of you because we belong to each other. Listen, my stomach has the expectation that my hand and mouth will feed it. And my hand and mouth have an expectation. If We can personify hands and mouths that my stomach will break down the nutrients and that, and that energy will be distributed to the rest of my body as your, 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 the members of your body have need for one another. We have need and expectations of one another. And this means that you can have an expectation of your church and your church should have an expectation of you. God has given different people a diversity of gifts and opportunities and roles. And the purpose is so that the body of Christ would have everything that it needs to flourish, to grow and and to be healthy. And so to withhold yourself or to withhold your gifts or to withhold your time or to withhold your talents, to withhold yourself from the body of Christ is like my mouth chewing food and spitting it out so that only it gets the benefit. And if I do that for too long, I'm going to die. It will kill the body. And what we commonly see in the church in America today is this search for a church with a few people who are so gifted that they carry the flourishing of the church on their backs so that we can just show up, listen, receive, and peace out. And so whether that's the preaching or the worship or the kids ministry or everywhere in between, the church may even grow and seem to thrive. But at that same time, the whole body, the members of the body are atrophying. They're they're not using their strength. They're not using their muscles. They're not using the things that God has given them because they're, they're, they're putting the burden of the church on a few individuals. And then if that church The the, the weight of the church becomes too much to, to, to bear and things start to fall apart. The temptation is to blame the leaders, the ones that we celebrated for their gifts. Now, listen, leaders have a responsibility. Okay, the leaders of the church, Ephesians 4 says, are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The work of leaders is to equip the saints. That's you but the work of the ministry is done by you. And so the problem happens when when 10% of the people are doing 100% of the work and it becomes too much to bear. And so a healthy church requires every member to do its job regardless of the giftedness of each individual. However great or small you believe your gifts are, Ephesians 4 says that they have been given to you for the building up of the body of Christ. However great or however small you think they are, what God has given you is for the building up of the body of Christ, not just for the building up of yourself, not for your status or your identity or your pleasure or your comforts, but for the community. And so all of us this year, should ask ourselves how we are to be involved in, this, in the church in this year. For some of you, nothing, nothing's going to change. Nothing has to change. You guys are all in, as we've been talking about and celebrating throughout the majority of our time together today. For some people, um, there's, going, there's going to be a step of faith. Needing to, to, to be taken. Look, you, you belong to Jesus the moment you believe. And for some of you, belief might be that step that you need to take today. Trusting in Jesus as Lord, as Savior, as your King. Making that decision to follow him. That, that belief may be that step of exercising belonging today. For others, it's going to be making a commitment to stay, to remain, to be rooted in the body of Christ, to be rooted in the church, to be rooted in relationships and consistent and faithfully involved in the lives of one another and in the lives of the church. For some, it's gonna to be to, to take ownership, to take responsibility. You know, a lot changes when you go from renting a house to buying a house. You rent the house and you can call the landlord anytime something needs to be changed. The moment you buy the house, that's now your responsibility. And as the body of Christ taking responsibility for the church, we all are invited to take ownership. This is as much your church as it is mine. Because it's Jesus' church and we're members of his body. And so you're invited to take ownership, to see needs and to meet those needs. For some, that's going to be that step of faith to get involved in serving, to get involved in a home group, to get involved in contributing financially, to take that step of faith and take ownership. But there's something else that's so uh, significant about our desire to belong somewhere. You know, oftentimes the greatest sense of belonging that we experience as individuals is actually a false belonging. It's, it's, it's fitting in. Right? It's approval from others. It's fitting in. And so often, in order to fit in, we need to change ourselves or hide ourselves or change the other people that we're trying to get in good with. It's not actually belonging. If they love you, if they accept you, it's not actually based on a knowledge of you and who you actually are. And we, 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 we wear a mask so that we can fit in. That's not belonging. See, belonging to Jesus, is being fully known, flaws and sins and all, and being fully loved and fully accepted. Because your acceptance is not based on what you have done. It's based on what Jesus has done for you. We don't get our lives together so that we will be accepted by Jesus. We're accepted by Jesus, by the grace of God. And so we give him our lives and we use our lives for his glory. And so every one of us has an opportunity this year to take that step of faith, to not only believe, but to belong and not only belong, but to make room for others to belong. Those who feel and experience the greatest sense of belonging in a church or any community are those who contribute to welcoming others into that community. It's like your home, okay? You clean your house and spend a little extra time on dinner when you know people are coming into your home. You belong there, but you want to make them feel welcomed and belonging as well. And so our goal of hospitality here as a church is not just to celebrate our belonging, but to make room for others to belong to Jesus and belong to the body of Christ. This is a beautiful opportunity that we have, church, to reflect God's goodness in the body of Christ by making others feel welcome. During Jesus' ministry, his disciples were arguing about which of them was the greatest. And Jesus responded by saying in Mark 10, 42 through 45, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, can receive. One way you may be tempted to respond to this is to say, I can't take that step of faith. I have too much to lose. Another way you may be tempted to respond is I can't take that step of faith. I don't have anything to give. And I just want to point out that both of those perspectives come from the idea that God does not provide. It comes from a scarcity mindset that there's never going to be enough. There's never going to be enough for me. I can't let go of this because no one is looking out for me. And that's not who our God is. And when we contribute from our great possessions or wealth or time or resources or talents, or whether we contribute from our small, our poverty, as as Paul said, the Macedonian churches did. We we give our time, not to a church, not to an organization, not to pastors. We give our money, not to an organization or an operation or, or to pastors. We give to Jesus who has this wonderful way of taking what's very small and making it very great. He took the five loaves and the two fish and he fed 5,000 people. However much you feel like you have to lose or however little you feel you have to give, if you take what you can and you put that into Jesus' hands, whether it's time or talents or treasure or whatever it is, you will find that He is your abundance, that He is what you need, that He is your provider, and that He provides and He takes care of you. And when we do this, we reflect the heart of Jesus, who though He was God in the flesh and was worthy to be served, He gave everything to serve us, to ransom us from sin and Satan and death and to unite himself to us and welcome us into his body. I'll close with this. Philippians two twelve through 13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have also always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. This is what we have seen in 2023. God himself working in you and through you for his good pleasure, for the good of, of reality Carpinteria, for the glory of God. And what we're continuing to press into is to recognize that any work we contribute, any, any good we can do, is the spirit of God working in us and through us for his good pleasure. It is him who gives us the power even to desire to participate in these ways. This is what we've been witnessing and it's what we're going to continue to pursue together. 2023 was wild. And God ain't done with us yet. So let's go to him in faith and ask for him to continue to do what he does, to save souls, to build up the body of Christ and to give us confidence and assurance that he is a good, good savior. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. For Jesus, we thank you for all that you are and all that you do, Lord. And as we look toward 2024, God, I pray that uh, our New Year's resolutions, our, our commitments that we make, Lord, to, uh, to you, to, to one another, to whatever else, Lord, I pray, God, that uh, the overarching priority for all of us is that we would see that all of our life is all for Jesus. That every aspect of who we are, every aspect of what we have came from you, belongs to you, and that we would give it back in service of you, Lord. God, we love you. We're so thankful to still be gathering together. After more than 20 years as a church, you've been so faithful. And so Lord, fall upon us, Holy Spirit. God, take what you desire to speak to our individual hearts in all of this. And would you not only make your will known to us, God, but would you enable us to do what you ask? But I pray that each and every person would reckon with you today, whether or not you are their king and that we would respond accordingly to what our Lord and Savior desires. We love you, Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen.